Thank you so much for listening, sharing, and subscribing. My name is Skylar Skyfi Stacy. I'm a rapper and entertainer out of Eugene, Oregon, and I want to welcome you out to the third episode of Sky Pilot Sundays, the podcast. The purpose for the show is to not only explore the perception we have of ourselves versus the external world's perception of us, but to also connect with creative minds and discuss the highs and lows one faces on the journey to happiness and success. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do so by hitting me up on social media, specifically on Instagram, at TheRealSkyFi. Make sure to tag me so I can see and engage with you and your thoughts, and use the hashtag SkyPilotSundays. Gotta thank my sponsor, Ben Ordonez of Broden Creative Media for uh, making this possible. This is the third episode. We have the trilogy, and this is something that's been in the works for some time now. I'm really excited to have everybody here and, and make this a reality. The episode topic for today is following your purpose and the theme is helpful ways to achieve clarity on your purpose when you're just trying to figure out how to start. My guest today on the podcast is a fellow creative currently hard at work on crafting a feature length documentary called Space Face, which questions existence through the life and career of comic book artist Michael Allred. Not only is the subject of this documentary my favorite artist of all time, but he also just so happens to be the father of said documentary filmmaker and guest on Sky Pilot Sundays this week in what is sure to be our ginchiest episode yet. Please help me in welcoming my pal, Han Allred. Yo. What up, Han? What's up? <laughs> How you feeling? Feeling good. I can tell, man. Um, this is something that's been in the works for a long time. We sort of met each other through social media uh, at first. This is kind of to provide some context for the people listening at home. We, I know that I came in contact with you via social media, just in conversations and tuning into my music. I can tell you for about a year before I discovered it was actually you, I'd been keeping in touch as if it were some, I don't think your name was Han already at the time on social media. It was mega dot wave. Mega, mega dot wave. So I had been keeping in touch with you as mega dot wave for like a certain amount of time before I noticed posts that involved your father's creation, Madman. And I was like, oh, word, like Madman's my favorite comic book character of all time. Maybe next to Spidey. And instantly just that, that, that clicked to me as, oh, okay, this, this, that, that, you just went up a notch in my book, whoever this mega dot wave is. And it turns out it was you, it was Han. The crazy thing is I'd been reading Madman comics forever, right? Like I, Kevin Smith is an idol of mine, a lifelong hero. I started watching the Viewisk Universe films at way too young. <laughs> Mallrats is still in my top 10 films of all time. And um, not only in that film, but a lot of Kevin's movies, you see Madman, this character pop up over and over in different places. Uh, the opening credits, there's, you know, your dad had illustrated maybe the first time I'd ever seen the character Madman and was instantly gravitating toward it, maybe five years old. And, you know, I eventually sought it through Chasing Amy. There's every comic book in, in your dad's cameo in the background. Every book, I think, from the Dark Horse run at the time, which was new, 97-ish. I've, I have all of those issues at this point. Uh, and even in one of those issues, there's a letters page. Back in the day, comic books still had letters pages. And uh, there's an image of your dad and you and your younger brother, Bond. I've known your face for years before I ever actually met you. So it's, it's just beyond a trip for me to be able to 
uh, to have you here for this episode tonight. So I guess really growing up as the son of, of comic book creators, uh, I can only imagine that you'd be exposed to themes of existentialism through your parents' work, specifically with the Madman Saga. Can you speak a bit on your own existential thoughts and life experiences that have been unique to you growing up? Well, so growing up with comic book creators as my parents. Yeah. I think Jess says probably anybody growing up with their parents doing whatever they do, probably don't care. <laughs> so like, I never read Madman. Hmm. I wasn't into like, I generally wasn't into comics. I'd like dab a little bit here and there as things like maybe caught my eye from being like extreme like maybe like milk and cheese and stuff like that right but it it, it it wasn't until i was like much older that i got like a collection of all the madman work and i'd even like colored madman comics but i hadn't like read mad madman from the beginning wow but then when i got a gargantua so when that first came out i just sat down and read it from the beginning and was like what the fuck i can't <sighs> i can't believe this is my dad yeah. I can't believe this is the guy who like made me go to church on Sunday. Uh-huh. So my own existential thoughts, I mean I, I think a lot of it stems from well like this movie, like the the core like aspect that I'm after are these episodes my father goes through of like existential crisis, existential tears like these out-of-body psychedelic-like experiences that I didn't witness until I was 18. And so like you grow up and everything seems so concrete. Like, I mean, growing up Mormon, growing up with like whatever I was like conditioned to believe, like as soon as I saw my dad losing it for the first time, as soon as like that was something I was aware of, it just like shattered my whole perception of reality. Which is about when? When I was 18. 18. So like, as far as when like existentialism seeped into my psyche, it would be about then. Like uh -huh. that's when I feel like I shifted gears to become more a seeker. Like, you know, seeing my father, my rock of a figure crumble before my eyes. Mm-hmm like nothing was as it seemed like my whole reality changed and i think that like pushed me into like pushed me into constantly questioning my own belief system mm. to the point where i'd get kind of carried away and like the perception of others like i i became more like curious about what other people believe like other religions conspiracy theories whatever just like just anything i just wanted like i'd like to get a taste of like someone else and like what they see the world as how they filter things uh -huh. and uh i mean so i've done a lot of seeking questioning reality is certainly something my seems i mean like we all should be doing it but it certainly seems like something that uh maybe is like genetic or passed down through the family or I, I think that i certainly feel like i've 
A lot of this existentialism for my dad rubbed off onto me. But, uh, yeah, man, questioning things is always good, I think. Sure. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are we here? Right. What's, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not here to grind out some retail job. Mm. Like, I'm not, not here. Facts. There's more to it. Like, I'm going to die. You're going right. to die. This is finite. Yeah. I want to make the most of it. And I wanna, I wanna find purpose, even if things seem purposeless. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what this show is all about: is the idea of, of bridging the gap between people that are in thinking mode and executing on their dreams and getting into action mode. I'm somebody that, from my own experience, I could say I spent a lot of time in the thinking mode to the point where it almost inhibited me from stepping into that action stepping into that sense of purpose as soon as i really started committing to that and letting go of the outcome in the process and seeking seek and you shall find right i started to find uh the more and more i sought and existentialism has been a theme in my life probably as a seed planted by your dad indirectly you know through his works you know i I can recall the Madman Oddity Odyssey. I think in the first issue, by the time Frank Einstein, Madman, uh, gets away from the villains, it's interesting because through the the action and the pacing of this whole book, it's I mean the book starts off pretty action oriented and and there's violence and there's all these things going on, but the most still page of the whole book, one of my favorite comic book pages of all time, is is Frank just on the ground, finally maybe got a night of peace, doesn't have any villains around, he's looking up at the stars and he starts to kind of question reality, talk to God almost through these five or six panels uh, and just a sea of stars. And that, you know, very early on for me, as well as later on in the Dark Horse book, a page regarding uh, what there was or wasn't at the beginning of time. Before, the, before anything began, there was nothing. Or there was there wasn't even nothing. It was. I'm ripping it apart, but it's sort there of like once was a note. There once exactly. This is the, the page I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, which is a riff off of a Who song. Okay, that makes so much sense. Uh, your dad's a huge Who fan. Um, but yeah, the way that the panels are illustrated between there being just solid black, solid white, like before this or that, there was nothing at all, uh, or the concept of inner space, which is touched on in the book try eye you know uh, uh talking about the third eye all of these things that have been profound and have risen to the forefront for me in my life a lot of them have had to do with the works of your father and i don't know that i was aware of that for a long time but um existentialism i know that's something that for him he's he's really sort of put himself into his works you know, like uh, it's it's become increasingly obvious over time to me that he, your dad, madman Frank Einstein, is an extension of your dad um, and his thoughts on why are we here, what what is what what does this all mean, and his other various works as well. You know, but I realize just how much of a prevalent theme existentialism has been in my life, and I think when we first met up, that was first covered. Um, through works of 
uh, Joseph Campbell and talking about number synchronicities and beyond. Really, you've been developing a documentary called Space Face, which is the life and times of your father, Michael Allred. It wasn't initially, you weren't initially setting out to make a film about your dad, you've mentioned. And it's sort of become more than that. Is that right? Well, I mean, like you brought up like mega wave. That's like, was me just making like dirty electro bangers. Yeah. And just my bliss being like synthesizers and like manipulating airwaves through synthesis. So yeah, uh, I just was kind of like trying to follow my bliss. Like how can I knowing that it's very unlikely I'll be the next Daft Punk or anything like that. Like, how how do I pursue doing what I want to do? And I've, I've actually attempted to make documentaries, like, in the past. So I, I bought a camera after, like, a coloring gig I had once as, like, a teenager and was like, I'm going to make a vegan documentary. And it's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and then, uh, like, later on when I, like got premiere like I started dabbling around and started to make a documentary about nonsense I wasn't really even into and kind of just it was a it it was a fun experiment but then just shifted back into music and I've been into sample based music forever but then just over the last so many years like okay how how do I follow my bliss with music Mm. it's like I need to like get into doing commercial work i need to maybe find like a movie that i'd be willing to like do a soundtrack for free because i believe in it like something that that would excite me that i'd want to be part of and put myself into like that mm-hmm. and then eventually that just turned into i need to make a movie uh-huh. and so like i've i've been pretty fanatical about just documentaries in general i pretty much don't watch anything but mm-hmm. like documentaries and listen to lectures and such. And I, th- I think it all stems from that, like questioning my own belief system and wanting to like get a glimpse into the perception of others has made me always kind of just like, I could watch any documentary, mm-hmm. but, uh, I have to say this. So, so over the last couple of years, it was just like, okay, like I should make a documentary, but like how, but I buy cameras and like all this stuff. So it, it didn't seem realistic. It's like, okay, like it's way too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, and so just noodling around in a room full of synthesizers and would in my, like the back of my head, like, oh, like if I were to make a documentary, like what should I make it on? Uh, thinking of like all these subjects and people would be like, oh, you should do something on your dad. And I'd be like, no, like, that seems too predictable it sounds like a cheap idea it sounds like a like i don't i don't want to ride his success Mm -hmm. if anything i want out of his shadow Mm -hmm. which makes this feel ironic but uh so like yeah i and it goes to the i think goes back to that like joseph campbell and the hero's journey like i refused the call i didn't want to oh we'll dive into that i didn't want to make a movie on my father Mm -hmm. and uh so then, just, you know, noodling around, playing shows at bars and crap like that with the hope of, like, I'm going to go around and hopefully make some connections and find some project to jump on and 
really just in the back of my head the idea of like making a documentary something I wanted to do but it just didn't seem feasible because money and so uh then I ended up like meeting this girl who works on documentaries and it's like oh I've always wanted to make a documentary and uh like listening to her talk like she was so inquisitive and like like sparked this in me like oh like have you ever wanted to make a documentary like I mean she I think for the first time we met we talked about how I had always wanted to make a documentary and but in this one moment like oh like we could do we can make a documentary together like I don't feel like I could interview people mm. I feel like the tech behind the scenes person but like you're so inquisitive I feel like you would do great at interviewing I could figure everything else out behind the scenes you know, make, make the music and such and she wasn't into it and then eventually in like a couple weeks after a moment of just like I guess feeling rejected and hurt and like pretty like feeling pretty f like what the fuck what like am i just... what, what am i doing with my life and in that moment it was like i can i can interview people i can make a documentary i i can do this mm -hmm. i don't need anybody else mm -hmm. and uh and in that moment it was like i am doing this and to make it happen i'm gonna sell like all these synthesizers i've spent like you know a dozen plus years accumulating and uh realized in that moment like you know like i should make something on my dad but like him being this likable lovable guy like there's no there's nothing interesting to me in that moment just thinking like him and his career as a cartoonist but it was like oh the the conflict the drama is all internal mm -hmm. like it's these these episodes these 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 moments that have like been really hard for our family like it's really hard to see your dad lose it and like to feel like you know you could lose him to like a psych ward or worse and when i realized that that's what this was about then i talked to him told him that i was thinking about making a film about him and that that is what i'm after and when he gave me his blessing i started selling synthesizers the next day and buying cameras and then started reaching out to people and in hopes to like you know this these episodes he goes through they're pretty private like he'll talk to people about them it's not anything that he's like trying to like with withhold but like when it is talked about it's brushed over as if he's just like oh you're just a real deep thinker like they don't realize to the extent of like how deep mm. like these episodes go and uh so initially i was thinking like oh man like you know this everything i want is stuff that really only i could get out of my dad but i don't want this to be just a 90 minute movie with just him talking like I, I want some diversity like you know i'm gonna reach out to these other people and get their take on uh you know his his career as a cartoonist and as like collaborators and such as the b story not 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 the spine not the heart of the movie but that that would just you know that that's the b story that i felt like they could 
give me something. Uh, and then just through like serendipitous events, like uh, the, the girl who inspired me to even like start thinking like, oh, I, I'm gonna make a movie and all that. Mm-hmm. About getting proactive. I was going to, going to one of my, like the third interview and it was Matt Wagner and yes and as I was gonna drive up to Portland she was in the hospital with her grandma her grandma was dying I like brought her breakfast and then just seeing just like just in that moment was like man like what the fuck like why am I alive like what is the point of any of this like what is the meaning of life just as you found you were you were gaining some traction no i mean just like just seeing her go through that pain losing her grandma telling me about this experience just like just and wanting to be there for her and her wanting her distance and me being some anxious preoccupied person now (laughs) now recovering but uh like was just like man what the fuck like what's the point what's the meaning of this like why i mean it would like it it took like it took that tragedy like me witnessing that on the way to like this third interview with legendary creator matt wagner where i'm just like what's the meaning of life i mean i'm asking this myself right like why am i here like going through my own existential crisis as as you're almost asking your own questions to yourself to matt wagner well and then in that moment i'm like okay i'm going you know i'm on my way to portland i'm Mm -hmm. just dropping by give her some breakfast and such and i'm just like okay feels really stupid but i feel compelled i feel like i need to ask matt wagner what the meaning of life is and so i drive up to portland set up interviewing matt wagner we're talking about comic books in the 90s and the kamiko days and all the stuff relating to my father and his career and then like midway through the interview because i was like i just felt compelled but it felt stupid like even asking in that moment it just felt stupid like vulnerable it i felt like it was a dumb question but it was like only dumb questions are the one you don't ask right but it was like, you know, I asked him, like, what, what's the meaning of life? And I don't think he was expecting that. <laughs> but uh, just he, a, you opened with that just right out the gate. No, that was like midway through Got the it. interview. And mm-hmm. then he just gave me this really like inspiring, thought provoking response that really resonated with me. And was like, oh, fuck, like I'm I'm going to ask Jim Mahfoud that tomorrow. And then I asked Jim Mahfoud that the next day and just like same deal just like whoa like and then it's turned to like being like those first couple interviews just asking that one question to like now these interviews are like half about my father and the other half about how they themselves viewed these existential questions that drive that drive my dad to become a literal madman so it it feels like fate like brought me to answer those questions and that in doing so this movie's become so much bigger than i like to me than what i initially expected it to be because going around asking like creative professionals 
how they perceive what may seem to some as stupid questions, these unanswerable questions, and get like these inspiring responses. It's like I want to share this with people. Like, like it, it, it made me realize that, like my dad is, you know, this is about him, but he, he is like the frame to which I'm asking all these people. Like, what's the purpose? What's the point? What's the meaning? Is there a meaning? And uh, getting getting so much more out of it. So I I feel like this since I started and I've been working on this for a year. Like this project has grown exponentially beyond anything I thought it could be. Yeah. Because at first it was like, man, I'm, I just like it wasn't like in that moment I decided that I'm doing this that I was like oh I'm gonna do this and this is gonna be the best start like it was it's like I I just want to do something else I want to get my foot in the door I'm gonna make my goal is I'm gonna make something I like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like I hope that if I like it that'll resonate with others and maybe this will open up the potential to get like composition work or doing some sort of freelance work for others but as it's like grown, it's like, whoa, like I believe in it more and more every day. And it's been great to see all the enthusiasm and and just even like to see like even my own dad's like response to it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think it's grown beyond anything that he thought it would be. Because hmm. I, I don't want to make just a comic book documentary mm-hmm. i i don't want to make that like it's deeper than mu- that. musician artist documentary that's like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened uh like i somehow have been provided with this crazy therapeutic opportunity to like not only like dig into the life of my parents you know like primarily my father but both of them but like also go around and ask people these questions that that I'm pondering you know questioning my own meaning finding my own meaning Mm -hmm. and so yeah this this movie is it's it's about existentialism like framed through the life of my father and it's taken you on a plane to uh, L.A. to interview Kevin Smith. Uh, well, I interviewed him here, actually. You interviewed him in Eugene? Yeah. He came to you? Well, he... he uh, I had been, like, reaching out to him for quite some time. Right. And persistence, but not, like, being, like, pushy, pushy or anything. <laughs> but just staying persistent. And, like, I kept reaching out. And eventually, like, it... It just turned out that the Jay and Silent Bob reboot was coming through Eugene and uh, with his assistant, like, like kind of just like arranged that to happen and it happened perfectly. It couldn't have gone better. Like it, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Wow. And I'm, yeah, a lot of good stuff in that interview. And I mean, there, there's so much good stuff that like, it's it's insane that this is all going to 
you know, be cut down to like a 90 minute movie because <laughs> yeah. this could be like some 10 part like Netflix series. And the, the idea is to, to reach out to streaming services or to get this in front of. Uh, Dude, the idea still, although like at first, because uh, as like a musician, it's like, oh, you know, it seems so unrealistic that you could like reach the stars. And so like, like starting this is like having that kind of realist, like musician, like mentality of like that stuff not seeming possible. Like now, like I feel like, yeah, that this has great potential and that it's going to go places, but that was never the drive. The drive was like, I'm going to make something I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm making this. Like I said, I sold like almost all my synthesizers and anybody who knows me knows like what kind of sacrifice that is to to make this happen. So I've put so much of myself into this Mm -hmm. and this has all been just to like make something I'm proud of. And that's still the drive. But now I, I, I feel like this has like a way bigger reach than I ever imagined. And I'm not making something for his fans although they'll get something out of it like really i'm i'm trying to tell a human story here something i think that like anybody should relate to like especially like artists and creative types Mm -hmm. i create from the same uh place of just what kind of music would i want to listen to you know what am i not hearing what is there an open space for and just try to fill that space as much as possible make something that i would be proud of at the end of the day and in creating that way I believe you'll only draw people to you that 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 see that too. There's a there's an audience for everything, I think, and you know the fact that you've got this rallied support increasingly from the comic book community. Uh, Jim Mafu, Brian Michael Bendis, another favorite of mine, maybe my favorite comic book writer. You know Matt Fraction. You've got all of these people from all angles increasingly believing and anticipating in this project, and. Um, it's got to feel it's got to feel good to be nearing completion i know that you as of the other day what yesterday had fully funded the the project itself well yeah i mean kickstarter like and the kickstarter states that it's like estimated delivery is the end of next year so that's not like too close i mean i i'm not that doesn't mean i'm trying to stretch it out i'm just trying to like give myself some wiggle room Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to do still. I'm just working through the rough edit, still gathering interviews. Mm-hmm. I totally feel proud of where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I think that I'm onto something special. And yeah, so ultimately I'm making something for myself that I want to share with the world. And now all these people are pitching in their money and I'm making something for them. And mm-hmm. like, it feels good to have that accountability and maybe a little stressful too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's this is a crazy journey. At one point, you were contemplating whether or not to even f- go through with this based on something like finances, right? At, at one point early on, you mentioned it was the thought of this, or what am I b- before it? Before what am I doing? It was oh, I could maybe do this, but money and so many people stop in their creative process at that point i think is it's just a, yeah that would be cool and then go back to doing something that they're not completely satisfied with but i believe you're 
separated from that group in that you persisted, you, you, you found a way to make it happen and everything else around you sort of helped you bring that to fruition. Yeah, man, I mean, like, I guess the big thing is at one point I kind of like identified myself as I'm this guy with like a room full of synthesizers, like all these fetishy boutique modular, like just crazy synths. And that felt like my identity. Mm. Like I'm a synthesis, I'm an airbender. Like this is like who I am. And when I finally was like, this is the thing I'm gonna do. Like, how can I do it? Like selling those synthesizers was like shaving off like this identity mm. and being like, okay, I'm only gonna keep, like I'm still making the music, but like, what do I absolutely need to make music? Mm. And honestly, none of us need a room full of synthesizers. So like started selling this stuff off and I've, I thought I would regret it. I thought that like, it would be like, oh, this is all stuff I'm gonna wish to have again. And, and who knows, maybe someday will. But like, as I started getting rid of stuff, it actually felt like I was taking all this like weight off of my shoulders. I'm not, I'm not a guy with a room full of synthesizers. I'm, I mean, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a this or that, like, I'm something more than that. Like, no, like, I don't need to identify by owning something. Sure. And instead, like, this journey, this, like, place I'm going with this is priceless. And the experience is worth far more to me than a room full of synthesizers. Yeah, you you are more than the, a room full of synthesizers. And I believe that, you know, at the end of the day, we are all so much more than uh, the external world perceives us to be. So this show is about diving down that rabbit hole. Before we wrap, just to, just to have this, you know, we've talked about The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. Um, and it's the same story in mythology across cultures uh, on, you know, really the human experience, resisting the call, uh, then hearing the call and being way in in way over your head uh, then having to go through a pain or a suffering uh, then learning the lesson from the pain which allows you to defeat the quote-unquote dragon the great enemy come back with the spoils of your victory and benefit your tribe with the knowledge and wisdom you've attained but I, you know this was something that I originally was gonna save as a question but we I think we've kind of sort of gone through it at this point um, in a way where you've laid out your hero's journey you know uh, uh defeating the dragon um unless you feel like you could maybe identify that a little bit more specifically uh, can you walk us through the process of getting started and moving into your sense of purpose through the chapters laid out by joseph campbell starting with oh, man, resisting I mean, the call i'm i'm still on the journey so like fair. i don't know don't know how to frame that out i That's mean there's fair. there's moments just like reading like Joseph Campbell and kind of like seeing the parallels in my life to the hero's journey there there's certainly like one big moment where I'm like okay at this stage I need mentorship mm. like who's my mentor I start reaching out to all these just random people online not getting any responses back then actually like just that week and I had like reached out to these people months before and it felt so like beyond coincidence like that I was like looking for mentorship. And then like within the week on Monday, 
uh, Robert Rodriguez response to my email. Mic drop. And then on Tuesday, Gerard Way responds to my email. And these are emails I sent out months prior. Unbelievable. And then on Wednesday, so I'm, I'm like, you know, Monday, like, oh, awesome. Like, you know, Robert Rodriguez, Tuesday, what? Like, I'm already so hyped from the day before that Robert Rodriguez got back to me. Like, Gerard Way. And then, like, Wednesday, just, like, just feeling so high. And then Kevin Smith gets to me and gives me his phone number. And it's like, what the fuck? It's like, okay, one of these guys is my mentor. <laughs> and in what I realized is they're all busy guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not, like, responding to, you know, they're... <laughs> they get a lot of offers, I'm sure. Well, I would love for Kevin Smith to be well, my mentor. Well, I, I was thinking, like, because I was in that whole stage seeking mentorship like trying to ask like kevin these questions and he's just got to be a busy guy and i'm i'm so grateful for everything all of these people everybody involved has like participated in but uh was kind of like realized okay the, the best mentor isn't someone who's like light years beyond you it's someone who's kind of just a few steps beyond you so like someone like kevin smith although in that moment i was like this guy could be my mentor uh like it just so happens that at least at this point in time that's not the case and i that week like that sunday i went to this documentary at the portland museum and it's presented by northwest film center i'm like who is northwest film center like what is this and so then i emailed them and then i get a response have a meeting with like the regional filmmaking uh resource manager and uh so we have this coffee meetup and you know he's like what do you need it's like well i need money of course but like mentorship i need i need someone who's been here and like knows what i don't know and then he gave me this list of all these documentarians in the area and like all these people that i reached out to and then got all these like really great like and enthusiastic responses and it felt really good for one being that these are like professionals in the field that i'm seeking to be in and also that they're not comic book fans right and they're not my friends but they're they believe in what i'm doing and they're you know just reaching out and being like my name's Han. This is what I've done so far. This is what I'm doing. What What do you wish you knew at this point in your career? And it has been like an immense resource to have all that feedback, like getting these like in-depth emails of like, oh, you should plan on this and this and this and meetups and all these like, yeah, just so I, I found mentorship that week through this crazy. It just felt like such a wild ride. So is there anything that you'd like to plug? Is there anything, obviously the Kickstarter is still live. People can uh, contribute and donate to that. Can we tell people where yeah, they can find I mean, the Kickstarter? Look up Space Face on Kickstarter. Uh, you could also go to the spacefacemovie.com website and there's a link to the Kickstarter. But yeah, go check it out. Read through the story. If it's something that you're into, yeah, please back it everything that the kickstarter raises is going right back into the movie and check it out and you're on social media at instagram is just han allred h-a-n-a-l-l-r-e-d twitter 
at All Red Han and Facebook Space Face Movie. Dope. Well, that's our time for this episode, and we'll see you back here on Sunday, March 29th for our next episode. Hopefully even a few gems that you can take along with you as the hero of your own journey. I hope something we've shared today resonates with you at home. What did you think of the episode? And when it comes to a sense of purpose, what has been motivational enough to move you from thinking mode into getting started and executing on your dreams? Let me know on social media by tagging me at TheRealSkyFi and our brand new Instagram account for the podcast, specifically at SkyPilotSundays. You can also go to the website, SkyPilotSundays.com and catch all the latest updates. And of course, use the hashtag SkyPilotSundays. If you would, do me a solid and give this podcast a like, share, rate, and review. Make sure to subscribe to Sky Pilot Sundays and never miss an episode. I'll catch you all back here very soon. I want to thank my good pal Han Allred for stopping by and dropping some gems on us today about his personal journey. I'll catch you all back here very soon. Till then, peace and love, Sky Pilots. Over and out.